Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me this week is JD again. I don't know why I keep saying it like that, but... Uh, you, you sound surprised that I'm I surprised, here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We've only been chatting for about an hour off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's no wild cards this week. No, no. wild cards. Hasn't yeah. been a wild card in a while. No. Um, <laughs> you know, I've locked in my drivers. We've got good contracts here. They're, they're <laughs> watertight. You're here. Um, let's, Looking how was your weekend? 2020, uh, drivers, if anyone's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right in. <laughs> um, how was your weekend, mate? Cause you were a busy boy. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Amazing weekend. So we might as well kick off. This was on my lower end of the show notes, but we're going to bring this one up just a little bit. <laughs> just row 15 all um, the way to the top. Yep. Row to the top. Boom. Done. Commodore Cup or Commodore Cup Enduro race up here. Yeah. Well, we were, by the end of the weekend, we were calling it the Commodore Cup world title. Um, <laughs> well, well, you're not wrong. If yeah. the if the Americans can have the World Series and they're the only country in it, then why can't we have the Commodore Cup World Title <laughs> in Darwin? Yep. So the inaugural Commodore Cup World Title was uh, held over the weekend in Darwin, and yep. uh, we had two one-hour-long races and some. Um, it was actually quite a good weekend. We had a a co-driver race to the grid um, as well. So we had a shorter race, five-lap sprint race random grid draw to find out where people were going to be starting for the actual race. Who was your co-driver? Well, we had a, just one fellow, you know, some people in the, that listen to this podcast might have heard of him before. He he, he can steer a car pretty yeah. well, yeah. yeah. So it was, so it was Bryce. So Bryce, Bryce was the yeah. co-driver and yeah. Brad was the main driver. Main driver. So we had all the local drivers were the main drivers. Yep. So all the guys from Darwin... We had quite a few interstate drivers up from down south and mm-hmm. quite a good good tally of drivers as well. We had quite a few ex-Commodore um, Cup champions, Australian champions yeah. uh, here as well. So that was, was pretty, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we did. We I Personally, I thought we had one of the best drivers in Australia and he did a pretty good job over the weekend. Yeah, because so. when you're like, we're starting pole and I was like, oh, really? And then you're like telling me now about this the, co- the co-driver race to the grid and your co-driver was in there and I was like, Oh, nothing taken away from Brad, but I'm like, wow, you're pretty good to get pole. And then you're telling yeah. me Bryce was the... Well, we started eighth in that race. Yeah. Um, and in five laps, uh, Bryce had to make his way to the front. And obviously, we've got, you know, Ellery's in there and a few other big names. Holdsworth. Yep, Holdsworth. Um, so Not Lee, but the other yeah, one. His yeah. dad. Uh, no, it was his brother that was driving. Oh, was it? Yeah. Was his, so his dad didn't race at his, all? Yeah, his dad was the, the main driver. Yeah, yeah. His okay. dad races here every... Yep. Every uh, he actually sponsored the round TPS or I think that's butchering it maybe, but uh, they're in a traffic company. Um, ah, yep. And they sponsored the round as well, so they they were the naming rights sponsor for the the round, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the Holdsworths were a big big risk as well. They were very good, uh, quite fast. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, Bryce managed to make his way to the front. Mm-hmm. And so overall, you took home the win. I heard we we took home the win. We we started with a really really strong Saturday, um, and that saved our bacon over the weekend. To be honest, we ended up a lap ahead of all the cars apart from the father, the other father son team. Oh, there was actually three father son teams in the field, um, but the other father son team that was uh, of the Lings, um, David and Stephen Ling. Uh, they're both local Darwin drivers as well. Uh, they did a really, really good job. Um, both drove really well over the weekend and and come through uh, with a the only car that was on the lead lap after Saturday. So weird. 
smashed it in our pit stops. They did a really good job as yeah, well. Yeah, that was the crossbar wheel changes. <laughs> um, frustrating a little bit. The first stop was the... So we did a lot of pit stop practice. If you have a quick squiz at my knees, you'll see that I'm I, missing I a bit of that. skin yeah, yeah. because I've been... Where the knee pads? Where's the lungs? Oh, I know, because I've been up and down. Oh, no, so you got practice. some on your arm too. Yeah. Oh, that that's brake rotors yeah. on both sides of my arms and blisters. Um, but yeah, so that, that was quite a lot of pit stop practice, nutting out how we were going to do it properly because um, uh, Damo that was helping me with the pit stop big shout out to him he did a great job over the weekend as well We, I couldn't have done it without him he was a great jack man and, and just we, I don't know it was it was really good to go into a pit stop and we just clicked really well straight away in pit lane even in practices every you know it just went so well together if you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we worked really well like he, we didn't get in each other's way we communicated really well together so that was really good fun Um so yeah that that made it that made it fun but it's it's frustrating with a wheel brace we we had a a nut on the second stop on saturday and sunday both times pick up on the way out so it slowed both times the second stop slowed was a, a fair bit slower we couldn't get the nuts off so um but that's all right we 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 solved that and uh, and powered through but um yeah, so we finished Saturday with a, a whole lap lead on everyone bar one car, which was uh, which was really good. And then on the the Sunday, we had a really really good race. Well, Saturday we, I don't want to give too many numbers away because this is going to become a, a yearly event, and we we did a pretty good job. We I think it was us and Holdsworth team that had the smallest fuel tanks in the in the um, field. Yep, um, we had a approximately 50 usable liters of fuel in our tank where some of the other cars had 67 Ooh, usable so what, well, next year 67 get liters f- in the tank so about 60 next year bigger plus. fuel tank well no what it is because the c- tanks are all um built to spec bigger surge but tank. we have well no <laughs> that's what i said i said is there any rules on surge tanks and not everyone sort of went oh, i don't know yeah, good because here's my 50 liter surge tank <laughs> yeah well i said we could probably sneak a five liter swell pod underneath this car somewhere <laughs> and everyone kind of looked at me like i like the way you're thinking <laughs> <laughs> um but no we, we didn't do any dodgies on it or anything like that we just um the reason our tank's smaller and the holdsworth's smaller it's they're a newer tank and we've got uh fuel bladders in our tanks yep. that are like supercars tanks so if we get a copper hit we're less likely to pour petrol everywhere that's always good um and those new tanks are full of baffling and stuff like that and and foam um and all that baffling and and stuff in the tank actually takes up quite a lot of room oh yeah so that's where our disadvantage was and it's the same with holdsworth so you know we really and the two teams had to really be on top of their fuel usage because we we're gonna run closer I won't give away too many figures, but on on the Saturday race we come home with less than less than double digits of fuel left in the tank, which sounds like a lot, but it wasn't. It's yeah, it's um, enough to be there sitting on the edge of the pit lane, crunching the numbers, going. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I heard one team come home with one point five liters, uh, and yet some of the other teams with the bigger tanks were actually coming home with you know twelve, fifteen. I even I heard one team with fifteen. Guys. Like a lot of the local guys, when they race, they don't normally have to worry about saving fuel. So it's adds that extra it's element. First and time. making it a fuel race instead of a flat out race does even the field out a bit because you got likes of Bryce who could just go out there and just put in these lap times that are going to destroy everyone. Nothing taking away nothing from the other drivers. But, you know, you got a guy who's an up and coming young gun that's going to 
Yeah, he's, oh, no, he's, he's a pretty decent peddler. He's he's winning the, the you know the second tier of Australian motorsport mm. at the moment. He's the the championship. So he's going to have a bit two. of pace, but for them to make it the fuel race, he's got to bring that pace back because you're really worrying well, about I, that. I think one of the biggest things we've got, and it probably gets overlooked by a lot of people. Um, we're talking about it at the track actually. Is if so, Bryce? If he went flat out, he could do a a one minute eighteen. Yep. Uh, around Hidden Valley. When his fastest ever lap, I think, is a one seventeen six or something like that. But he could on the weekend he could do eighteens. If you gave him a car and told him to go do his stints, were had to be less than forty minutes. Or so we 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 one day he did twenty nine minutes, and then the other day he did like thirty three or something like that yep. minutes. If you just let him go flat out, he would destroy the car. So after supercars, because they're all sprint races, we had to replace the brake rotors, the like everything on this car. And this is, was a brand new car for um, supercar event up here. Yeah. Um, as a, as a support category, and Bryce, just like so, these calipers were all brand new. And when I went to do a pad change on the weekend, they've got no dust boots left on any of the like on the caliper pistons because they've all melted. Oh, really? Yeah, because so he just asked so hard. much from the car. And if you told him to go do that for 30 minutes straight, he, I think we'd get a smoldering wreck back in pit lane. Like the car's just, they're not quite built for that sort of uh, endurance rate, like flat out endurance rate. Yep. So the fuel game was a really good thing for the cars and it was a really good thing for bringing the class really close together because Bryce was going out there doing 1 minute 22s but using basically no fuel. Mm-hmm. Where then uh, Brad would get in the car and he was a lot thirstier on fuel and still doing the same lap time. So we were really good with the fact that we could do a consistent lap time over a whole race like span. But um, we obviously had Bryce in the car who's a gun on saving fuel with all his experience in Super 2s. And then Brad in the car who's you know just like every other guy that wants to, loves racing yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and getting out there has no experience in any endurance racing of trying to save fuel, could use a little bit extra because Bryce had done such a good job early in the stints. So that was pretty cool to have that. Um, and it also meant anyone that wanted to push hard couldn't. So the, the field stayed close together. Like uh, You didn't have just three cars accelerating away from the field. Yeah. It was all, it really come down to the little bits. You know, maybe you were a second max a lap faster. Maybe you did a, a 10 second faster pit stop or maybe something went wrong with your car, or et cetera. Um, and that, that's really what defined who was going to win, lose, or otherwise. And what was it like working with Bryce? No, oh, pleasure. The, the whole team was great. Um, I learned a lot over the weekend from, from both of them. The, uh, Bryce and his father. Brad's actually super knowledgeable. Yeah, really, yeah. Really I've, good I've hung out with Brad in yeah. Newcastle, uh, Townsville, Townsville last yeah. year. He was, was a nice guy. Yeah, so he was um, really knowledgeable about car setup and stuff like that. So I learned a lot over the weekend because we obviously help him in pre-production car through our workshop up here. Um, and they, the in pre-production car we use is actually an ex-Commodore Cup car that's been cut shut, LS1, you know, a few things done to it. Uh, but it, it is pretty much a Commodore Cup chassis suspension-wise. Mm-hmm. Um and that that's was quite good fun, like learning how to set it up properly. Because 
they have like so when Jake very, gets back in this car, you'd be like, well, "This is a different car." Yeah, like, don't yeah. sell it now, man. <laughs> they are very picky on how they want the car. Obviously, with Bryce's experience, so in qualify, uh, sorry, in practices, we're sending Bryce out. He might do three laps, come back in and be like, "Righto, change this, change that. Okay, change it all around." Send him back out and go. Yep, and he can get a read on the car so fast. Where it, it takes a lot longer for, for normal amateur people. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's probably our biggest advantage. And we were really trying to, like Bryce is like, I can, we can tune this car up to make it do a 17 or we can tune it up. So it's going to be, like, he's like, I can drive it doing a 17 for my stint. Yeah. yeah. But, but you need to set it up for Brad to make exactly. it comfortable and he's like, I'll just, I'll him. just get it all on the front end and I'll just deal with the, uh, a loose rear end. But he said it, it we don't want to do that because Brad doesn't like the car too steery mm-hmm. and it makes him a bit harder to drive for people that aren't doing it all the time and it makes him a bit more unpredictable and dangerous so yep. you can go on the track, etc. Um, so he's like, you know, let's just work out a car that's going to be nice to drive for a longer stints and that's what we did. We worked towards a car that turned well but didn't get too nervous in the rear end and um, I think we got there in the end. Oh, and saw you on supercars.com. I know. There famous. you go. There's a picture of you. Hey, mom, on the TV. You're on the TV. You're on some internet computer. article. You're on the computer. But so anyway, congratulations because you guys did take home the the win. We did. We um, away partied with hard. We partied, partied hardy. How do you party? I party hardy. <laughs> Two hands. <laughs> um, yeah, we did. We we had a few beers after the round. Um, it's good to see you celebrated more after that victory for your two-hour enduro than we did for our 12-hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was a little bit less tired after this one. It was good. Yeah, well, I'm like, well, it's much nicer. Oh, my God, I'm not doing a 12-hour again. <laughs> that was a lot of work. Yeah, that was. That was it. We were pretty burnt out after that one. But <laughs> If Chris gives us a call again, I'm like, nah, nah, man, you got to pay us this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not no, spending good. four days in a fire suit. <laughs> anyway, let's kick it off with F3, what the a, Australian driver. What another crash, hey? I couldn't believe it when I saw this crash. So do you want to tell people what we're talking about? Well, yeah. So we, we I wasn't not watching because I was obviously at the track. I've been at the track all day Friday doing stuff. And and um, anyway, I seen this this message come through from, I think it was Nathan or Mitch. Yeah, I'd seen it just oh. before prior on Reddit. But I think, yeah, I think Nathan posted up. Yeah, uh, one of the boys from our um, Breaking Late chat. Uh, basically sent through this video and I was jaw dropped. I thought, here we go again. You cannot, I, like you couldn't put it into words. Like it just, it was another absolutely crazy crash. So this was Alex Peroni coming around Parabolica. Um, he's gone on the outside. So he's gone into the runoff and he's hit, basically they're the police, sleeping policeman curbs, aren't they? Yeah, that's exactly right. The yeah. sausage curb, the sausage sleeping, curb, sleeping whatever policeman you call curb. It, the big bloody curbs. Yeah, he's, but hit, he's hit that. it. There you go. He's hit it right on the very end of it, not not like they normally do along the side of it. He's clipped it right on the very end, and it's it's popped the car up. It looked like he was still under throttle when he hit it. Yeah, and this is one of the biggest things. Like, so a fellow that works for me, Bradley, he come into work um, yesterday, and he was talking to me about it. He said, "I can't believe they're legal to be on tracks." He said they removed them from the track that weekend afterwards. Uh, he said, I, I don't know why. That day. I don't know why they were there. And I said, I ex- explained why they put them on the tracks, etc. And we run them at a lot of tracks. 
and we don't see that many dramas for it. He said, no, nah, they're too dangerous. They should not be on a track. And for a bloke that isn't that, in, well, not into Formula He's Racing at all. not into Formula Racing, no. And for him to have just that blatant view, it's it kind of put it in my perspective of, oh, just because we haven't seen a crash happen that often from them, maybe Yeah, we kind of go, oh, well, reason. they're there to deter. But so what Alex Perrin has hit this, he's hit it long ways, he's accelerated up. As soon as he's hit it, he's lifted the front end up. As soon as you get any front end, uh, under the front end of that thing, you turn into a, well, you only need to remember Weber at Valencia. Yeah. Uh, Weber in the Mercedes at Le Mans. Yeah. Um, Weber goes upside down a fair bit. Weber does, out. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's flipped up, spectacular crash, come landed down on the barrier on the halo. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was another thing Bradley brought up. He said, oh, if that halo wasn't there, it would have been questionable whether he might have survived or not. Mm-hmm. He, he it's put it in perspective once again. Thank God they're on the car. Yep. I was really happy to watch him um, walk out. He walked out of the car and he walked into the medical car and I was like, thank God. I can't do this two weekends in a row. No, no, absolute tragedy. Like, it's... um. It's pretty crazy to have another spectacular crash like that. That's unbelievable. This was only one car involved. Yeah, yeah. And I think because it was near a marshalling point too, but I think they were all good. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen any reports from anyone. No, it, it, by the looks of the videos as well, it didn't look like anyone got so it's, any debris or it's inter- Do you think, do we need to get rid of the sausage curbs and just put... Well, what what they had like the, the really I, annoying I like speed bumps on the inside of the sh- first chicane. Yeah. That um, Charles Leclerc seemed to take all right. Yeah, yeah, he smashed one of them. <laughs> um, Why don't you just put them on the outside of the runoff? I think the old AstroTurf was not such a bad thing. You lose all your grip. Yeah. It did, so I think Alex stayed in the throttle Yeah, when he was trying to, because obviously he didn't want to lose too much lap time. And I think that is a big problem. I think if there's AstroTurf out there, Maybe he wouldn't have been in the heart so hard in the throttle, uh, and obviously then you don't need sleeping policemen, blah 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 blah, or gravel, grass. I don't know what the hundred percent the answer is, but the sleeping policemen's probably need to go with our formula cars. Yeah, anything that's that low and has such a flat plane underneath is going to turn into a wing once it gets airborne. Um, and we're trying to make these cars safer and look after the drivers better. And we do everything in safety around halos, etc. And then just something silly on a track like that is enough to cause a really big safety risk to the crowd as well. Oh, yeah. He almost, he, well, he crushed the fence. Yeah. I so, thought he was going over when I first saw it. He went high. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was just going to continue to go too. <laughs> that, that, that stupid meme was like, dun, 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 and then it just flies off. <laughs> you seen them? Anyway, that's bad. Um, so anyway, let, 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 he's, he's all, he's, he's okay. Safe. He's fine. He's safe. Um, they've removed them all. I don't. They got them at Singapore, don't they? Can't remember where they are. See, they yeah, have they got one, one, at, one the at the turn one or turn two. Yeah, yeah, throughout the start line yeah. complex thing. Yeah, but it's not as aggressive as that. It's like a second. Well, that's where you got the trip. Singapore sling from. Where you should go up airborne over them. Yeah, so it's it is kind of yeah, it's kind of a second ripple strip. If you know what I mean, it's not. Like the one he hit on the weekend looks like it's probably two inches plus high. Because um, they're massive. If you see them in person, like even when we were at the Gold Coast last year 
And we walk past them and you're like, they're huge. Yeah, yeah. And like at Clipsal, when we walked on the track at the turn f- turn one chicane section, yeah, those curbs are massive. And you're like, they had cars just go over. But our supercars are designed to hit curbs. Yeah, it's true. Our supercars are pretty, the dampers in them are pretty amazing what they can handle, like the acceleration they can handle through mm. them. Um, and they decelerate it and just keep that tire on the ground. It's amazing. So, anyway, we'll see what happens if they're removing from more. But it was just a very freak crash, but it's very scary. But at least I know everyone's okay. Yeah. Now, we'll jump into qualifying quickly. Um, the main thing I want to talk about qualifying is Q3 and what a shambles it was. Now, I believe, I think you and I in our group were the only ones watching it live. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. It was dumb. Okay. Um, so, what... Okay, so basically, Kimi Raikkonen has crashed out um, at the four and a half minute mark, I believe it was, in Q3. Yeah. He lost the rear, put it into the wall. He was out. It's a red flag. Six minutes and 36 seconds was left on the clock. It was quite a lot of time. That majority of Q3 left. Yeah, there was a lot of time. Um, It was quite... You needed Benny Hill music on because I was sitting there going, all right, and go, and go. Because it's counting down. We're like three minutes. I'm like, well, it takes a minute, whatever, a minute 20. It's a minute 20. It's a minute. What do they do qualifying? Like minute 10? I can't remember now. But Same. yeah, say it's a minute 30 to do a minute, outlap. Minute 30 outlap would be a decent amount. Like that's probably a fairly quick outlap with not giving any time to make a break, like leave a... A gap, even though they don't want a big Minute gap. 45, let's say that. Yeah, so, and everyone trundles out of pit lane at after Hulkenberg. Yeah, and have you heard the radios? How many minutes was that? About two minutes? Just Yeah, just probably about off? just under two minutes left. They so went we out with less had, than two minutes. We still minutes. had time for everyone to get around. Everyone to sort of sort their gap out. No one wants to be at the front. It's I'll, about half a second you give away if you're the first car. Yeah, so Hulkenberg goes up to the first um, corner and, oh, oh, I better go through the chicane here. And oh, then, I've locked me brakes. Yeah. Uh, Formula then, 1 drivers don't lock their brakes on warm-up laps. <laughs> All right, they are much better than that. All the drivers called bullshit. And then, um, who was Stroll. it? Stroll. Stroll was like, <laughs> he knew nope. straight up, uh, nah, I'm not playing any of these games. You can go. I'm slowing right down. Yep, so he waited. And now, then... Did you hear the radio calls? No. When Hulkenberg was coming out of the pits, they said, now remember, stick to the plan. Ooh. I was going to message you guys. They're going, what's the bet? This is bloody Hulkenberg, like Renault. Hold everyone up. We'll keep our fifth and sixth starting place. Wow. Nothing come out of it. Only the three drivers got reprimanded. There you go. No, that's um, that's pretty amazing. Um. Well, it w- it was pretty interesting, wasn't it? So we got we got these drivers playing cat and mouse on who wants to go first. Then the Ferrari drivers realized, I think first they, they realized, realized they're like, "Shit, hey, you, you go. guys, we're we're gonna miss cut off. Let's All, go." So YouTube, YouTube, Formula One on YouTube have put up the radios, yeah, of well the best radio bits. They didn't put the Hulkenberg one, like stick to the plan or whatever. Um, but they've got and all of the teams like. Like, you know, Carlos, we got to go. All right, and Seb's engineers, like, we have to go now. They've all been told we got to go, but they're all playing games. It's 
Well, Seb was complaining that... He wanted a toe from he wanted, yeah, Charles. Yeah, it was Charles' turn to toe. Um, I think Seb had towed him the lap before. Yeah. And so it was Charles' turn to toe Seb, and then... But Seb was very animated. He's, he was, like, waving. Everyone's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's like, his arm was out of the halo, pointing, yeah. like, we got to do this. Yeah, and so we had a lot of cars... We had two cars blocking the actual whole road at one stage uh, with... I think that was Stroll and... Stroll and Carlos Saints. Yeah. So they're blocking the whole row, road so no one could get past. So, and that pretty much caused this it ridiculous... It was so odd. I was watching all the cars go through and it's like a parade lap. Well, Daniel Ricciardo was last and he, I'm not even sure why... He, he was like... He knew he was going last. He's like, no, nah, I'm going last. And he was full intended. Like, I was never going to go first. I was going to be the last car. Yeah. It was it was quite funny that he didn't just pull into pit lane because it, they were that far behind the clock when they come around is parabolic yeah they should have known he could have just pulled straight in the pits because the checkered flag was already out by the time he was on the straight the, all the engineers were on the in the radio to him going five seconds to flag oh original was like fifteen seconds to flag ten seconds to flag and like this is like not to when that drops is like to when you need to accelerate and go to get up to speed or we're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. And the only person that made it was Carlos Sainz. Yeah. But was it was and the TV director decided not to show his lap. <laughs> yeah, well pretty much yeah. it was better viewing watching them all battle for no <laughs> for no, no position <laughs> and just going through and like what did Charles Leclerc say like ah oh. Oh, it's pole position, but what a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a joke. Hamilton was like, well, I guess Conspiracy that's one way. Theory, yeah. I guess that's one way to keep pole if you don't let us do a lap. I'm like, here's an idea, boys. Don't wait for the last goddamn second to go out. Do we need to change the rules? Do we need to have a minimum time? Like, you need to be on the track by two minutes. I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that. Honestly, do we I do don't. what we do in iRacing, no, no, where what you get five is, minutes to no, qualify? No, what the rule is, is... Um, and it's, but the problem is that you can't reprimand for it. Is there has to be a minimum lap time, even if it's a warm up lap. Yep. So if you come out of pit lane, you have to do a minute forty five max. Yeah. Because it's a safety thing. Like if you've got guys going out there doing a three minute lap when it's a minute lap, you know the closing speeds are stupid. So you you need you need that sort of set more in stone so that they can be penalized at the moment. It's like a recommendation from the clerk of course, or the race director, please do not go less than this. Uh, but they can't really penalize you for it. They well, can I give you a warning. Some categories, they've got a minimum time. They've got a minimum time that you have to do in qualifying to get to the grid. Yeah. But I don't think they have a minimum lap time. So this is the problem. Yeah. So oh, do we just do what like, in I, I know this is only iRacing or whatever, but you get your eight minutes to qualify and you've got to do like two or three laps. But it's, if you start your lap and you've got five seconds to go, once that five seconds is up, no, you're done. You've got to do it before that time. Yeah, yeah. Roger. Have you noticed that in iRacing? No. Oh, no, because we don't wait till the no, As soon as qualifying is like, boom, straight out. But if you, I've done it once where I'm like, I'm going to wait. And like I went past and I was like, boom, I've got five seconds left on the thing. I'm like, ah, real race car driver. Then my five seconds run up and I didn't get to finish my lap. Oh, no. No, I've not done that before. I'm, I'm always impatient and go out straight away. <laughs> <laughs>
And then I sit back and watch everyone else. <laughs> yeah, you take it. Well, that's the only way I get pole position if I'm the first one out. You're the guy that makes us all wait. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're still going to wait for it. Even yeah, if everyone's played our racing. I won't go too far into it. But if, if you're doing qualifying, there'll be like 20 people in this grid. 19 people will do a qualifying session straight at the start of the qualifying Because qualifying in iRacing, you're the only car on the track. Everyone else can drive at the same time, yeah. but you're in your own little session, basically. But it won't start the next session until everyone's qualified all the time's up. And you've got five minutes, Eight. and then there'll be one guy that will not do anything until the very end of the session... So you've all had to sit there waiting. <laughs> that was, I was getting a drink <laughs> at the start of qualifying. I got out of the car and I got a drink. So yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So there's lots of stuff going on, but it was an absolute shambles. I think a lot of the team principals seem very embarrassed by it. Oh yeah, it was a pretty. What did Kristen Horner said? It was a clusterfuck. Well, he said yeah, clusterfuck. Yeah. That was pretty funny, actually. He nearly, and Carlos Saints said it was a shit show. No, yeah. he said, you don't want to go off on the... I don't know why you want to break, um, outbreak yourself and go off the track anyway. You're just going to get shit on your tyres. And because he said this on Sky, Simon, whatever his name is, was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, everyone. You had to hear that. I'm like, oh, God, come on, mate. Yeah. You British people and you're swearing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, British comedy stuff, you're allowed to say fuck. Well, we got the little Leon on this episode, <laughs> don't we? You can I don't that sense. No, no, nah, nah, it's staying in. Um, all right. So, qualifying was a shambles. Um, Charles Leclerc got pole position, fourth pole for this season. So, he's equal with, um, I think, Valtteri and Hamilton with poles. Wow. There you go. That's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Charles actually would be doing all right. In the championship, if, if he, he won those races, Bahrain, yeah. and if he won, well, I mean, he comes second in Austria, but he would have had four race wins now. Yep. He's looking pretty good. I was actually thinking about it in the car today. I'm like, if Ferrari could turn this year around, it'd be like a year out of the history books. Like, it'd just stand out forever. Um, but I think we've got this problem that we've now had two tracks that really suit Ferraris and we're about to go to the worst track for Ferrari. I was going to say, what do you think about Singapore with Ferrari? No. No. So who's your... Who's your th- oh, Mercedes will win. Yeah. If not, it'll be... Um, Red Bull? Red Bull, yeah. I think Red Bull actually have a really good chance of winning there. They've mm. proved this year that their car's high downforce package is really, really good again. Um They've got more grunt than they need to win at Singapore. So I really do think it could be a another really strong Red Bull track. And I think Max will win it. All right. I'll tip Max. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky buggers. <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to get a orange shirt. I know. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That or a Charles shirt. Or both. I, I would Why can't get I get Charles both? Shirt. The Charles shirt I don't like at the moment. No, they did no, the fully, this year. I well, I'm not the biggest fan of. I was on the Formula One shop, all right, and I was looking at the merchandise, and I went by a driver, and I looked at Charles Leclerc's um, team polo shirt, because if yeah. I'm going to get one, it'll be the polo shirts. Yeah. Um, and it's Mission Win Now written all over it. Yeah, okay. Well, they don't run that now, because it's cigarette advertising. I thought it was only some tracks that weren't No, they've, right. they've, they've announced that they've dropped it completely off their, cal- off, off their car. So it's all now the 90th. Yeah. And they don't sell it like that. So I'm I'm going to ask the person who's going over to Singapore Yeah. to check the shirt. If it's got Mission Win Now on it, don't buy it. 
But if it's got the 90, buy it. Yeah, okay. Another thing I want to talk, talk about 90, 90th anniversary and stuff. Did you notice... Um, let me just quickly bring this up, all right? One second. So I just brought up this picture of the 2017 Ferrari car. What's written on the side of that car, man? Not Shell, not UPS, not Ray Brand. 70. Alfa Romeo. <laughs> it Seven, does say 70th. 70th. 70th anniversary. I'm guessing one is this the year, car brand and one is year. the race team. Yes, it is. Mate, I'm all over it. I know, but all the comments that I first when the first post of the Reddit was comparing them were like, can someone please explain to me how in 2017 Ferrari is celebrating their 70th anniversary and two years later we're now celebrating their 90th anniversary and someone's like, well, I can't wait to be celebrating their, their 110th anniversary <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, if you were wondering how they're doing it, 70 years of Ferrari? 90 years of the race team. Yeah. Anyway, that was That's a pretty long, cool. It's, that was a long it drawn is amazing. out thing. It is amazing that they have this, this. Did you see, have you seen any footage or any photos of the 90th anniversary celebrations they had in Italy? No. no so they had either. a big thing out the front of a cathedral in Italy somewhere. I don't know the city. Thousands of Ferrari fans. The Tifosi were out in full force and they had like, all past, um, past and present drivers there. So you had Kimi Raikkonen, you've got Massa, you've got wow. all of the old guys, Ruben Barrichello, and they're all getting massive cheers from the crowd when they'd walk out. There you go. And they're like, what they're basically, they're all of them saying like, you know, I may not be driving for Ferrari anymore, but I'm still a Ferrari driver and the crowd just loves them. And when Mick Schumacher walked out, whole crowd, shoo me, shoo me, shoo me. <laughs> like, oh, like oh the pressure that the poor boy's under <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing isn't it so yeah anyway that's I, cool i thought that was kind of funny because i i did question it too i'm like why you got 90 years i swear and he, like two years ago we're celebrating your 70th makes sense though i didn't realize there would have been 20 years in between the two but yeah well that's 70 years of selling cars yeah that's what i mean i didn't realize they were that far between so it was 18 years it took them from just racing cars to yeah. going we should sell some of these yeah cool yeah that's odd yeah but anyway that's that's what it is um back to ferrari sebastian vettel what a shocker of a race what what happened to him mate is it really that the, he just can't drive this ferrari yeah well, i think we've got to get back to this he, <laughs> charles likes a car that's a little bit unbalanced and um we're looking at the Scotty McLaughlin factor once again here as well. Put Scotty in these Ferraris. Yeah, well, they're, they're probably both like a car that's similar and um, they don't mind the rear end being a little bit loose and I don't think, you know, we're really oversimplifying it, but Vettel doesn't like this car and it's not to his suiting and he, he had another one of those unforced errors where he spun out. Big spin out. Big spin out. Well, it wasn't massive, but... It wasn't a big spin out, but then what followed was drastic. Yeah, so he spun out, got frustrated, entered back onto the track. Questionable whether he can turn his head and see or not. I he, think he, he should have been able to see something, but I don't know if he would have been Ros able to see whether they were coming or not. Rosberg said, like I watched his little recap, and I, was like, I don't know how much I like Rosberg's YouTube videos. But anyway, <laughs> sometimes they're good. You and um, Hamilton and Max 
must be good friends because they've been going off about it. Yeah, well, they're basically like, you know, we don't want to talk. But that's also because, like, Rosberg's saying stuff on his YouTube, but he's, like, saying it to, like, his fans and that. And then you got a reporter grabbing it and then going to ask the drivers, like, Rosberg said this, what do you think? And they're like, well, he's not relevant anymore. He doesn't drive. And Rosberg actually addressed that in one of his videos. So he's like, fine, I'm not going to name names because if I say something – People are grabbing that and going up to the drivers that drive. He's like, I have full respect for all the drivers driving. He's like, I don't mean anything. Why? He's like, I'm just saying what I'm thinking. Oh, of course, of course. It's like people it's the same if someone grabbed our conversation and put it to a driver, they'd, one, they'd be like, I don't give two shits about the two guys sitting in a bedroom in Darwin. Um, <laughs> You're right. And, and, and it is exactly right. Because sometimes you could take some of the stuff Martin says or yeah. Ted or any of them, you know, you you phrase it wrong, it comes out wrong or whatever, and, and then, then it's it gets also put in like, but well then how it's yeah, once it's in text and then someone's reverting it back to you, then you don't really know what they're meaning. Yeah. Um, Rosberg did actually go and talk to both drivers to sort of clear it up. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, he pretty much said he understands why Ham, uh, Vettel did leave. Like he's like, you could not see in that situation, and you could sit there and just wait till the whole pack goes past you and then go. Or do you take the risk and go? Now, he took the risk and went. A lot of other drivers probably could have done the same thing. Yeah, Especially in that position where you're like, well, I don't want to lose all this lap time. Yeah. Um, All you're thinking about is trying to get going as fast as possible. Yeah. And just unfortunate that he clipped Stroll. Yeah. Um, Stroll did a pretty good job of trying to miss him as well. He he really went out wide and still managed to just get the front end of his car mm -hmm. um, and spin himself out, unfortunately, as well. He did a pretty good job stopping on the inside of the curb without going onto the track again. Yeah. But then what made it like, it was like just a comical of errors. You could have put the Benny Hill music to that one as well. Was Then he pulled out in front of, was it Gasly or? It was Gasly. Gasly, yeah. Drove and him straight off. Drove him off into the wall. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God. It was just both drivers got unsafe re-entry penalties. I, I loved the fact that uh, Stroll was straight on the phone to the team. What is Vettel doing? That is dangerous. So why does he do that? Blah, blah, blah. And then he went he and did the exact the... same thing. Do you think they should have got the same penalty? Because how Vettel got a 10-second stop-and-go penalty. Now, that is, apart from being excluded from the race, that is the, sh- the biggest penalty you can get. I think they both should have got the same penalty. And Stroll got a crime. drive-through. Yeah, I think they both did the same crime. Stroll sort of... I think I, it was because Stroll didn't make contact. But then you can't possibly, say, yeah. well, you didn't make contact, so you did this. Like, I mean, Gasly did a pretty decent job to keep it going through that gravel trap and back yeah, out on the yeah. track. Yeah, he was hard in the throttle, spitting rocks everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there was no contact, but I think that the danger level was pretty similar uh, for both of them. Yeah, I don't think that's there's any reason that you should be giving either of them a different one but that could be controversial Vettel went up apologized to Stroll straight away after the race like he went up and spoke to him before he even got out of the car yeah um pretty much said my bad you know sorry Stroll I don't know what Stroll said back looking at the photos there's a handshake there's also a bit of a I look like a helmet grab but I don't think Stroll's a helmet grabby type of guy you just pay him off um but then Stroll has come out and said that no, the penalty should have been the same. He's like, we both did the same thing. Yeah, okay. So that it was, was a very a mature thing for Stroll to do. Yeah. 
back also Ferrari because this whole weekend is just the Ferrari weekend. Who of cares about everyone is. else? Of course it is. It Ferrari made the right choice this week. They made a good strategy call and putting Leclerc on the hard tyres. They did, didn't they? They um, obviously come out when the, the pit window had already opened to go to the, uh, was it the medium? Yeah. Medium? Oh, they were about five laps into the pit window. Yeah. So so they could have made it home with the, with the medium on just fine, but they would have been borderline if they had to push with, and obviously they were racing the Mercedes. They also didn't have good pace on the mediums when they were doing race runs on Friday. Yeah. And well, the, you know, and they were going to have to push because the the Mercedes were there keeping him honest, and we also had the second Ferrari no longer at the front of the field because he had done a stop go penalty, had spun out. He was having a terrible race, so he was at the back of the field. So we did, you know, they they, I think they definitely went with the right strategy. They knew that they didn't need exactly outright corner speed. No, because they had that straight line pace. They had an outright advantage down the straights all the weekend. The was hitting 365 kilometers an hour down the straight. There you go. Isn't that a cre- incredible? It's pretty fast. And breaking like 150 meters before a corner. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Now, watching this, when we had the lone Ferrari out front and the two Mercedes chasing him down. Yeah. They split the strategy, not on tyres. They both kept both went on to mediums, but yeah, Hamilton ran Hamilton ran, ran for uh, pitted first, yeah, and pretty much forced Leclerc into pitting next. Yeah, covering Bottas. Bottas ran long. Now, when initially when I was watching this, I was like, they're like, oh, what's what's he going to do? You know, who's he going to cover off? He's got two cars to worry about. I was like, ignore Bottas. Mercedes yeah. aren't going to let him win. Yeah, well, it was quite funny. Well, they weren't going to give Bottas the preferential strategy <laughs> no but inadvertently they did yeah well the, the the medium tire didn't want to hang on did it not when you pushed it so hard i this is something hamilton did a air. great job keeping up with leclerc on the he was driving in dirty air for lap after lap after lap yeah yeah i think if if it had have rolled different if they had gone to the medium tire and the undercut had work and they could dictate the pace in front of um, Charles, they would have been fine. But the problem was they were trying to chase Charles this whole time in his dirty air, pushing the car so hard. When they had about a 10k an hour deficit, Mm -hmm. even with DRS, they were only pretty much matching the speed of the Ferrari. Um, So essentially they had to push so bloody hard on the softer compound. Charles obviously on the hard could just... You know, make it to the end of the race, plenty to go, no blistering, no problems. In the end, that played really well into Bottas's hands. Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking, watching us going, Bottas is going to catch Hamilton in a couple of laps, and you're watching the gap get smaller and smaller, and then I was like, what is Mercedes going to do? I think everyone in the world was wondering, actually, to be honest, because it's normally the other way around, and the team will be on the phone. <laughs> number two, I mean, uh, Valtteri. <laughs> Valtteri. I mean, you, this is James. Please move over. <laughs> <laughs> you could you imagine like, hey, uh, hey wingman. Lewis, Lewis, this is James. Yes. You need to move out of the way for Bottas. Yeah. Thank so, you, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Good boy. Yeah. That's so, you say that to a dog. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it's definitely, um, worked well for Bottas and Hamilton made a little mistake, which obviously gave him the, the uh, <laughs> the second Game place, anyway. yeah, because he went off, and I thought he could almost 
Because Charles made a lock up into turn one as well. But he went over those, like, basically those... Um, his lock up was really late. His was really late. Turn. And then he went over those, the speed humps that you put in car parks nowadays. Yeah. The very square, dish, dish, dish. Yeah. You surprised Hamilton didn't go for that? Well, Hamilton's was a, a bit more early, I think. Quite early, and he sort of then, when he locked up, he sort of Charles up. was very much at the bottom, at, like just at the end of his stop. He tried to commit to the corner. He obviously turned in. The car didn't want to turn, so that's when, instead of spinning the car around, just straightened it back up, bounced oh. the two curbs and got it back on the gas and gone. We haven't even talked about if Charles pushed the limits of... Oh, the the moving Hamilton over. I think he did push the limits a little bit, but I also think Hamilton would have done exactly the same thing. Hamilton said if the title had decided already, we were going to make contact. Yeah. He wasn't going to pull out if the title... If he had the title already, he was like, nah, we're just going to stick there. He can hit me. Yeah. I think even if he was didn't move him over, Hamilton wasn't getting past. No, he wasn't. And I think Charles was just coming back to take the, like, the line. Uh, I think Hamilton would have been pretty cheeky to leave his nose in there if they were going to make contact. I think Hamilton should have backed out of it because it was only compromising both of them. Um, and he, Charles did move a little bit too in another section of the race. Yeah, I don't think he did anything too bad, but he was moving around on the straights to try and break the toe, but n- nowhere near when they had any overlap. Yeah. Um, and he did move just before break zones, but he never moved in a breaking zone. Nothing like we've watched Max do and everyone's become accustomed to that and no one seems to kick up a no. stink about Max doing it. I think they that. all know how he drives. And this was, like Hamilton come out and said, this was the first time they've ever actually had to race wheel to wheel with Charles. Yeah. And he's like, all right, he's fine with it, but now he knows how we race. Yeah. He's like, if we're going to move each other over, then fine, we can do that. I'll do it too. But I'll do, yeah, he's going to do the same thing. Hamilton always has. He used to do it to his teammates. Yeah. The amount of questionable times I've watched Hamilton wipe one of his like blame his teammate for bro- wiping his rear tire out because Hamilton's moved someone across well, the road my thing is is like why in Formula 1 are you allowed to go oh no I'm not squeezing him out I'm reclaiming the race line which is rightfully mine because I'm in front yeah I'm like you shouldn't still be able to then move someone out because you're like well I'm just reclaiming the line if you've got a car next to you, well, then guess what? You've got to adapt your racing line to that position. Isn't it quite funny how sometimes it's looked at as you've just taken the racing line, yet Hamilton getting pushed into the wall at Canada this year, like going for a gap and having to pull out of it, and it has to be a penalty. It has to be a penalty because he didn't leave me enough room. It's like, yeah, well, half the time you run everyone off the exit of a corner, even if you are 100% side-by-side, front mm. tire to front tire you will literally drive them off the exit of the corner. Because if they went around side by side there, like if Vettel didn't run off in Canada and they went around side by side there, I tell you what, Vettel's still going to be squeezing him up against that wall. Yeah. But they brought back the black and white flag. They did. They did. Here's a little tap on the wrist, warning, come talk to the stewards maybe after the race, but no penalty. Let the racing go. We want to see this racing. I don't want to see... More races decided because you're like, oh, well, you did, you were battling hard, you know. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think it's something we could have employed on Max a few times too, because Max was doing stuff that was kind of questionable in the rules and probably wasn't to the rules. But they didn't want to ping him a full drive through penalty because it was going to ruin a race. Yeah. So 
bring the flag out and say, look, this is a, a warning. Everyone can see. I've warned you. Don't continue to do it because, boy, and you're going to know where you're going to Charles asked what it was for. Yeah, I did see that. It's quite funny, wasn't it? What was it for? Ah, oh, that car. Ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Man, and that's what the, the attitude I think he was deserved as well. Like, Hamilton, it was too tango there. Hamilton wasn't making a passing move. Charles was just reclaiming the line like a lot of other times. Mm. It's no worse than what we've seen in other races. Exactly. Renault did a pretty good job. Fourth and fifth, mate. Fourth and fifth. Ricardo got his best result ever at Monza. That is the best. If you had told me that they were going to get this result uh, four race meetings ago, five race meetings ago. I told you, you're dreaming, mate. You're dreaming. (laughs) Obviously, the low downforce circuits seem to suit their car. So um, that was quite interesting to watch because the last two meetings, They've, they've been pretty good. They've improved their power unit. Their power unit is, this is a very power unit dependent track. And they were very good. Yeah, yeah, quite good. Um, I was glad to see there was no uh, engine failures that I could see over the weekend, but mm-hmm. I didn't get to catch practice, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't see any. I, I know I made a t- tactical decision of choosing Max last round, not realizing that he was putting a new power unit in I for this read round. that in the morning, and I completely forgot it when we recorded, and then I oh, messaged sure you the you next did. morning. I'm sure you <laughs> no, did. No, I... I Just honest- like you guys had chose who you wanted before we even discussed what was going Look, on. Look, you're still leading by a point. Yeah, the cheeky tactics are coming out. Yeah, well, you know, it's mind games, mate. You know, it's like <laughs> what Schumacher used to do to his teammates. Like what Rosberg was saying, what Schumacher used to do at Monaco. There was only ever one toilet there. And he would just sit in it before the race. Yes, I know, I know. I've heard the story. Not let him go. <laughs> That's fine. I'll just let you go first every meeting (laughs) from now on and I'll just choose whoever you choose and then I can't lose. (laughs) Uh, No, you got to choose different teams. (laughs) No, no, that's not how it goes. We've quite often chose the same as Mitch or or vice versa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You want to play funny? Mitch is in the breaking late twos. (laughs) You want to play funny games? (laughs) Let's play. (laughs) All right, all right. Um... Let's talk about the Tifosi and Ricardo's. Let's talk about the Tifosi and Leclerc's reaction to winning this. It was nice. After last weekend's uh, events unfolding and how somber the the whole um, podium was last weekend, out of respect as well, and obviously everyone wasn't feeling the best, this weekend was nice to see Charles get his second win and actually get to celebrate it. When I saw him win, normally... Late races, right? When we watch, when I watch them, once the checkered flag drops, and I'm like, ah, yeah, you know, Hamilton, Bottas, Vettel, yep, cool. I don't need to see that podium. Turn it off. Yeah, because I'll just rewatch it the next day or whatever. But when I saw this one here, when Charles won in Monza, I was like, well, I have to watch this live because oh, this, this might not ever get rebroadcast if those Ferrari fans go berserk. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, do those guys with the big Ferrari banners, do they just wait at the gate at the start of Sunday <laughs> to get there first? I think Ferrari su- must supply them. I'm sure they must. Where do you go and buy a 50-foot Ferrari logo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they must supply them. And so. like, there were so many people and just the reaction of Charles and... The Italian, the Ferrari boss, come on the radio, and the first thing he said to Charles in Italian was, "You're forgiven for yesterday." 
but you we accept your apology. So he did mess up a bit in qualifying because he didn't want to play ball with Vettel. He locked up uh, at the start and uh, went through the chicane, so Vettel didn't get a toe. Yeah. Mm, that is that is funny, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, the reaction to the crowd, Charles's emotion, like he just screamed in the radio. I was like, God, I, yeah, I didn't listen to that with headphones on. Ciao. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and did you find like once we did the podium, there were like the two Mercedes drivers like were off pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, I guess. There's only so much time you can stand out there getting booed. Booed, yeah. Now, I thought that's it. That's you expect that. Like, I've heard that's actually a really nice thing to get. They're like, you know, you've made it when you can get on the um, Monza podium and get booed. It's like a rite of passage. Uh, Lewis Hamilton put something up on Instagram or saying I saw a post of it, and he just pretty much said, you know, I like the Italian fans. You guys are super passionate. The booing's a bit unnecessary, but maybe one day we'll, you know, we'll get on and. You know, you'll be able to cheer for me and blah, 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 blah. And then all the comments like, oh, Lewis Hamilton to a Ferrari. Like, <laughs> they would have to seriously mess up in 2021 yeah. for Hamilton to jump ship. Yeah. Uh, the money would have to be pretty good, I reckon. Yeah. But um, looking at our runtime, uh, we're probably going to wrap it up. There's not too much else. Um, so we are off to Pukekohe. Pukekohe, yes. Next week. Um, Mitch has decided to lock in Chas Mostert. That's who I wanted to go. I'm going to go Win Cup. No, I don't think you're going to go Win Cup. So. I wasn't going to go Win Cup. No, I was going to go Chaz. Um, I'm still going to go Chaz. going to go okay. Mitch. All right. I like that. Um, there was one other piece of news. Okay, yes. Uh, Bryce is back off to TCR again. I am. Uh, he'll be driving an Astra this time, oh, and hopefully he can nicer. finish a race. That's good. <laughs> uh, when their next race? Not next weekend, the weekend after? Singapore Grand Prix weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Is it Shannon's Nationals? It yeah. is. Shannon's Nationals. That's going to be a massive meeting. That's got Super 3s, GT3, TCR. Super 3s on the Shannon Nationals tour. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, trying to think of what else. Combined sedan racing. There's, you it's, know, we it's got that weekend as well. We got closed titles. Oh, do we? Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed we're gonna get to, you on the podium. We have to do some work. Yeah. Because we're going to do all the different tracks well, in one race meeting. I tell you what, you set that cart up perfect for track three reverse. It, it's a good cart. It, it handles well. Yeah. It Might is. need a couple of tweaks, but we'll get it right. We'll get it right. But yeah. Anyway, so that is us done and dusted this week. Thank you very much for joining us. If you have anything you want to add in, did you want to add in something? You can mention it now before I continue our outro. No, I don't have anything. No, okay. What, I thought what, you, what, what, what I thought you I went. No, no, no okay. No. Back to the outro. Clear, right. my, <laughs> clear my throat. <laughs> right into us, uh, breakinglate at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breakinglate. Or you can go to our website, breakinglate.com. But that is us. Done and dusted, and we'll be back next week. Catch you later, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.